Amen, amen. How many of you know God is good? He is awesome, awesome, awesome. And Laurel, that was awesome because that ties what what God dropped in your heart ties directly into what we're going to talk about today. So that's kind of cool. It's kind of neat to see how God works and inter, intertwines everything together. And I'm going to talk about uh, who you are, basically who God says you are. And uh, But before I get into that, I want to talk about one thing really quick, and that is how great it is to be privileged enough to come in this house and take just a few minutes to spend an intimate time with God, like we did right here. That's so important. You know, we deal with a bunch of mess all week long. Everybody in here, mess, mess, mess. You know, we live in a fallen world. And you, and, and Keith taught Wednesday night, which was great. If you weren't here, you should get the podcast. But he taught that we should always look back and see what God's done in our life and be quick to praise him and thank him for that. And see, that's the importance of taking advantage of that time when you come in this house and you stand before God. You don't worry about who's standing next to you. You don't worry about what you left at home. You don't worry about what happened at work. It's your time to stand there before your heavenly father. And listen, if you want to praise God with your arms raised, raise your arms. If you want to praise God standing on one foot hopping, I don't care. Stand on one foot hopping. If you want to do it, waving a flag, it doesn't matter. The point is that you take the time to praise him and take the time to release the power that's in your praise and just thank him for what he's done in your life and what he's going to continue to do in your life. Amen. It's very important. Always encourage everybody to take full advantage of worship opportunities. And I know everybody worships in different styles. Some people don't like to be move at all. They just like to stand. That's fine. Nobody's judging you, okay? I just want to encourage you. Take the time to praise Him. Amen? Well, now, let's talk about who you are. And before I get into that, I want to tell a little story about uh, Stephen Decker. He's here, right? There he is. And most of you know, when you work your job, you're very confident in your job, especially if it's your career and you went to school for it. And Stephen is, those of you that don't know, he works for UPS, and he's a fantastic worker. And I mean, he, he, he can do any of the routes, he can, do, he can drive any of the trucks, and he has this attitude that he, he will not quit until the, the job is accomplished. And, and it doesn't matter if they put 150 deliveries on his truck or if they put 300 deliveries on his truck. He's going to do everything he can if it means running from daylight to dark to get the job done. And that's fantastic. And we should all view our job the same way. And I would love to have 10 Stevens working for me. And, but he is confident in his own abilities, in his own strength to accomplish his job which we all are, just like Neil. He's very confident in the fact that he is a, he is a tech guy. Man, he's, if there's anything AV, the guy can answer a question. I love the fact that I know that I can pick up the phone and call him, and whatever he tells me, I don't even have to question it. That's what we need to do, and that's fantastic. You all should have that attitude, and you all should have that confidence in yourself. But what I want to talk about today is you have that confidence and that comfort because you see it. You feel it in your own strength and your own power. But what I want to talk about today is who you are in Christ. And having that same confidence in who you are in Christ simply by the word of God says so. 
And you have to accept that by faith. Amen. You got to accept it because the word of God sees it. And see, when you learn to accept that, that's where your confidence and your boldness inside you gets stronger and gives you the confidence to stand when times are, when times are tough, when you want to just crawl under the bed and hide. You know, that's where that boldness comes from. And I want to encourage you today. So in order to talk about who you are in Christ, I want to talk about the five W's. All right. So we're going back to school. So does anybody know what the five W's are? Y'all weren't supposed to put those up there yet. Come on. I know a lot of the guys were sitting there going, hmm. You know, Chad was over there. Well, what, which five games does Auburn need to win to be in the national championship? <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. Who, what, where, when, and why. Now, as anybody would do in today's time, what do we do when we want to figure out what the five W's are? Google it. So, when you Google it, Wikipedia says this. The five W's are questions whose answers are considered basic in information gathering or problem solving. They are often mentioned in journalism, research, and police investigations. They constitute a formula for getting the complete story on a subject. So according to the principle of the five W's, a report can only be considered complete if it answers these questions. All right. So the five W's, who, what, where, when, and why, that's a formula to find answers. Okay, so I want to use the five W's today to show you that you are in Christ and what that means in your everyday life. It's very important, very, very important. Because listen, number one, if you don't ever get this one down pat, you're not ever going to walk into any fullness of what God has for you in life. And number one, of course, is who you are in Christ. All right? And, and the other W's mean absolutely nothing if you can't grasp this concept and understand by faith what the Word of God says you are when you are in Christ. And when you are in Christ, essentially that means when you choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and commit your life to serving Him. All right? Now, look with me at 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it's very clear about who you are in Christ. It says, Therefore... If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, when a person's born again, he becomes in Christ, right? Into Christ. That's the only way you get in him, okay? All right, and, and, and even Nicodemus, if you, if you study back, he, he questioned Jesus on this. He said, like, how can somebody go back in his mother's womb? And I'm paraphrasing here, but Jesus said, hey, look, no, that's not how it works, man. That's not what I'm talking about. He said, the Christian new birth does not get a new physical body. As though most of some of us, even myself, wish that we would have. You know, I would have liked to have been a little bigger and had a few more muscles, but I'm sorry, it's what you got. I mean, you know, hey, thank you for your patience. (laughs) Though we will get that one day. I'm just saying, that's true. But you see, it's not your body that changes, but it's the man inside you, your inside man. That's what becomes a new creation. So the old, and the old man that's on the inside of you, this is what's really cool. It's gone when you accept Christ, all right? It's gone. And it's not just gone, it's wiped away. And in the eyes of God, that old man never existed. It never existed. That's fantastic. You know, I shared my testimony or my story a couple of Wednesday nights ago, and I had to really talk about some hard things that went through in my life that I went through. 
And some things I haven't talked about in a long time. And it was hard to talk about that. But you know what? In God's eyes, he doesn't see that. He doesn't see that I made those mistakes. Now I went down that path. And that's fantastic. And, and, the, and what's really cool is you, you become a new creature, a new creation. So you're not getting a refurbished new man. All right? So like... Uh, you know, you can go buy a refurbished cell phone that, that has been wiped clean, you know, and back to the factory settings to save a little bit of cash. I believe Jasper probably would do that. He's pretty techy, and he likes to save a little money. And, but, and also, you think about, like, a, a, a restoring an old car, all right, like a 65 Mustang or whatever, Camaro. But when you restore that car, you essentially replace every nut and bolt, every window seal and everything. And when you're done, it's new, but it's still an old car made new. And it works on end. You see this in remodeling. I remember when Michelle's parents here, they bought their house that they just sold. Praise God for the great sale. God's doing some great things in their life. And, but when they bought the house, the house was probably built, what, in the 50s, 60s, something like that? And it needed an update, all right? It, was, it needed a pretty bad update. And so we went in and basically we gutted the house. I mean, new sheetrock, new wiring, new plumbing. We moved walls, new flooring, new kitchen, new bathroom. We redid the house. Now, it was redone new, but it was still an old house made new. Well, let me tell you, that's not how the new birth works, see. A Christian is not refurbished or just simply restored like an old car. He's made new. He's made over. And the word says, the word says, when you are born again, we are actually a new creation. And the one translation says a new species. Man, that's fantastic. Your inward man is made new. And remember, your inward man, that's the real you, okay? And, you know, we, we go around and, we, and, we, and we, a lot of times we put on a front. When we, when a lot of times we do this at church, but we do it in a lot of places, other places too. In other words, we try to pretend like everything's perfect in our life. Well, you know, you can only keep that front up for so long because the real you is eventually going to come out. When the pressures of the world start weighting you down on your shoulders, eventually it's going to squeeze out what's inside you. Just like a tube of toothpaste. No matter how hard you squeeze it, what's coming out? Toothpaste, all right? But that real you is what is changed again, all right? And when, and, and when you're born again, that inward man that's changed again takes on the very life and nature of Christ. That's cool. That's fantastic. You know, I'm showing how old I am. Or should I say that's lit, all right? I don't know. Hey, Lord, what's the case? Like, no, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> But really, what, what's really neat is when, when that happens and your inward man takes on the nature of Christ, when God looks at you, he doesn't see the mess that you see in yourself. And we've got to learn that. We've got to learn that. Even though we need to learn to look back, like Keith taught Wednesday night, and thank God for where we, what, he, what he did in our life, we don't need to get hung up on looking back on the mess and the mistakes that we made by the dumb choices and decisions we made. Amen? Because God doesn't see that. What he sees when he sees you, he sees you in Christ, he sees his workmanship, and he sees you fearfully and wonderfully made. That's fantastic. You need to get a revelation of that. Get a revelation of that. Because it's only God's opinion that accounts. That's it. 
That's it. And all we have to do, we see, we make it more difficult on ourselves. All we have to do is learn to accept that truth. Accept the fact of what God says about us and just simply agree with him and become the person he's called you to be. That's it. In a nutshell. Glory to God. Who you are does not depend on anything you do. It doesn't depend on every, anything that you'll ever do. Your true identity is based on who God says you are. Amen. So, let me ask you this. Do you know the things that God says about his children who are in Christ? What's it, what are, you would find those in the Bible. Okay. This is what... <laughs> so, I'm going to give you... I'm, I'm going to shoot down a list really quick. And you don't have to write these down. They're in your Bible. You should, not, you should have these. But I want you to ask yourself, do you know that every one of these statements is true about you? It's, the Word of God says you are loved. 1 John 3.3. 3. I, you are accepted, Ephesians 1.6. You are a child of God, John 1.12. You are a joint heir with Jesus, sharing his inheritance with him. Romans 8.17. It just keeps going. You are a temple of God, and his spirit and life lives in me. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Come on. <clears throat> Excuse me. What you're doing with your body, think about it, guys. That's a temple. Your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. You are free from condemnation. You are chosen, holy, dearly loved. Colossians 3.12. It just keeps going. I'm God's co-worker. You do not have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind. 2 Timothy. And these are just a few things. few things that are in the Bible that God says about you when you are in Him. When you're in Him. You need to understand those things apply to you. That's what God says you are. Thank you, sir what God says you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're glory to God, and I'm telling you all the time, you have potential. You were created with a purpose, and God has great and mighty things for you to do. You may not think it, or you may not see it now. Glory to God, but you need to get a revelation of that. You need to get an understanding for that. So now, let's go to number two. Number two. What you are in Christ. Now, What you are in Christ, that's not much different than who you are. But the main difference is who you are defines your new person. All right? And then on the inside. Now, what you are defines your authorities and promises in Christ. And this gets overlooked so much. So much. You see, it's not just enough to know that you're a new creature and that Jesus is living on the inside of you. You have to know the authority that comes with being in Christ, and you've got to know that the promises that he set in place for you are for you. That's what you've got to get a revelation from. That's what you've got to get bold about. That's what you've got to get confident about. I tell people, it's okay. And when it comes to this and the things of what God says you are, you do need to be a little arrogant about it. You need to just know that you know. And don't back down from it to try to fit into a mold of what's happening around you, no matter where you are. We are called to be set apart, to be different. People need to see you and see something different. Amen. And listen, if the only thing you know is that you're loved and accepted, you don't know what the promises you've been given, then you're no good to anybody except yourself. All right? If you're going to do your part to expand the kingdom, to fill the role that God's calling you to do, you've got to learn how to know who you are, 
what the Word says about who you are and be able to learn to speak that over your life and over situations no matter what you face because we're all going to face them, all right? We live in a fallen world. And there's hundreds of promises concerning what God says you are for the people that are in Him, all right? And, and it'll probably take you the rest of your life and you still may never figure them all out. But I hope you're seeing the importance of why I tell you to constantly be feeding on the Word. Constantly be studying because that's how you're going to find out what the Word says about who you are. Amen. And if you're ever going to walk into any victory or success in your life, you've got to learn to begin to put these promises into practice in your life. And be quick to speak them out over your life. Now, some of the examples of the promises in the Word. It says... Uh, the word says that you are the head and you're not the tail, Deuteronomy 28. You're more than a conqueror, 837. You're blessed and surrounded with divine favor, Psalm 512. I love that one. I pray that one over everybody. God's favor to be on you. Everything you, t- everything you reach out and touch, everybody you talk to, God's best, God's favor. Praise God. You are led by the Lord and he directs my steps, Psalms 37, 23. I walk in love with others. Romans 12, 10. Learn to speak these things over your life. Listen, I can't tell you how many times I've had to quote that scripture over my life when somebody's just being just rude, 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 and I just need to walk in love because I want to knock their teeth out. Come on. You've probably experienced that also. God has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, but to give me a future and a hope. Come on, Jeremiah 29, 11. If you're feeling down, learn to go to this word. Learn to pray it, speak it, meditate it, and lean in on it. Write it down. Put it on the dash of your car while you're driving. And when you feel discouraged, speak it out. Speak it out of your mouth and believe it. Believe it because it's true. God's word is true. My sleep is sweet and I'm not afraid because God watches over me. Proverbs 3, 24 and 26. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think everybody knows that one. Man, I use it a lot. I don't lack for anything good. He supplies all my needs. Listen, if you're, in a, if you're in a hard time, learn to speak this over your situation. Learn to, to, to believe this. By his stripes, I'm healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And listen, it goes on and on again. These are promises, promises in the Word. This is what I'm talking about when you need to learn to to find His promises over your situation and learn to believe them, stand firm, and pray, and believe in faith that God's going to take care of your situation because you're leaning in on Him. Amen. Now, number three, where you are in Christ. Now, the where of this whole formula is a lot of times misunderstood. Now, follow me on this. If you read 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Okay, so if anyone be where? In Christ. Okay, so what was the key word here? Some people would say Christ. And of course, Christ is important, but remember this, Christ is going to be there whether you're in him or not. So the key word there is in Christ, in Christ. And I love the greatest example that God set before us was Noah. I mean, you think about it. God told him, build an ark, build a big boat. There's a flood coming. What did everybody think? This guy's a nut. He's a drunk. What in the world is he doing? But what did Noah do? He obeyed God. He built the boat, even though he was laughed and he was made fun of. He was mocked. 
He built it. So what? What happened when the rains come and the flood came? Where was the safety? Where was the provision? Where was the deliverance? All of that was in the ark. So the key was in the ark, to be in the ark. It didn't matter what, what come up against the ark after the fact, the wind, the waves, the rain, none of that. It did not matter. As long as Noah and his family and the animals were in the ark, they were fine, right? And that's what God, that was an example that God set for us. As long as you are in Christ, even though you may face a struggle, you may face a, a mountain that looks like Laurel said, like you can't get overtake it. You, those just, that's just what you see them with your physical eyes. Remember, the devil wants to get you to only focus on your condition instead of your position in Christ. Amen. You've got to get a revelation of that. And remember, the number one tool that Satan uses is to deceive you. Deception. That's his number one tool. And if he can get you focused only on what you're trying to overcome, instead of being bold and confident and arrogant about who you are in Christ and understanding the power and authority that comes through his word to you because of who you are in Christ, come on, glory to God, then he's got you where you want you. And your condition can be horrible right now. You can be financial. It can be health. Your marriage can be falling apart. It can be anything. Depression, I don't know. The devil wants you only seeing that. He doesn't want you to see the fact that you are the righteousness of God. He doesn't want you to, to see the fact that you're seated in heavenly places. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. Glory to God. He, and he wants you to keep your focus off of the position you have in Christ. Because he knows that once you get a hold of the fact of who you are in Christ, when you get that revelation and it sits down in you, and then when these things come against you, don't you back down. You're quick to stand up. You're quick to be quick to speak and quote scripture over your life. Listen, don't, it doesn't matter what somebody thinks. If somebody thinks you're a little quirky or a little goofy, who cares? You're the one walking in victory and they're the one dealing with a mountain over here. Listen, you got to, don't worry about what people think. But understand, that if you, when you get that revelation, that's when you're going to have the power to change your condition and your circumstances. Amen. That's where he's coming from. So how do you stay in Christ? How do you stay in that position? John 15, 5. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. All right, so we're his branches. All we have to do is abide or remain in Christ. That's it. Now, how do you do that? You've got to make a conscious decision daily. This, listen, this isn't something you do once a week. This is something every day I tell everybody, encourage everybody to do it before your feet hit the floor. Because when your feet hit the floor, you immediately go to thinking about where I got to get to work, what I got to do, what I got to do to get there, what have I got to do the rest of the day. But you need to take the time to make a conscious choice. And, and, and you begin to proclaim your victory in your life. You begin to proclaim the word of God over your life. Glory to God. But it starts with a decision. And you have to make that choice. And you have to do it and start implementing the things that I've been teaching you all year. Stay in the Word. Pray. Nurturing that relationship with your Heavenly Father. Standing firm in faith. Being set apart from the world. Listen, this is the hardest one. Don't feel like you just want... Because the rest of your friends are going over here, maybe in a gray area of sin, 
But maybe you're feeling a little left out, and maybe I'll just go with them. I'm going to follow along. No, you be stand firm. You be set apart because you're called to be set apart. Think about the example about what you're about to do. What example are you setting before other people? Think about that. Very important, very important. But also, keeping good people around you, serving others, and giving. You guys are fantastic givers. Fantastic givers. And we get to do a lot that we get to do because of that. And I thank you for that. But listen, the most important thing you do every day in order to stay in the position is remind yourself every single day and remind the devil, okay, of your position in Christ, who you are. Listen, when you're in your prayer time, in times you're feeling discouraged and you're feeling a little beat down, don't you hesitate to say, devil, I am a child of God. These promises are for me. I have authority over you and I command you to get out of my life. Now, I don't tell you, don't walk, you don't have to walk down the street doing it, but hey, if you feel like doing it, do it. I don't care. But listen, in your time, you take authority over him. You don't give him an ounce of room in your family life or in any situation. And dads, you need to be praying this over your kids today. Today. I remember my grandmother died. I'll never forget this. They found a prayer list in her Bible. And I was a heathen child. But guess whose name was at the top of that list? It was mine. It was mine. And that was precious. But she knew the power of her prayer. The power of her confession. And she, and she prayed that over me. Quite a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> quite a bit. So, let's go to number four. When you're in Christ. When you're in Christ. Now this seems a little bit obvious. But there's been a little bit of a misconception about when the promises of God are available for us, okay? And some people have been taught and have been misled to believe that we just have to suffer in this life, make the most of it, devote ourselves to poverty, come on, pay tribute when we mess up, punish ourselves when we miss the mark, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then someday, oh, sweet by and by, when we get to heaven, we'll see some victory. Listen, that's not, that is so far from the truth. That is so far from the truth. If you are in Christ, the promises, the goodness, the power are right here for you right now. You've got to get a revelation of that. And you understand, you have the tools before you. The tools are right there for you to walk and live a victorious life today. On earth, right now, today, you can. And listen, I know that when we get to heaven... and the, the riches there are going to be, we can't even imagine how fantastic they're going to be. And, you know, if you take the time to think about how great the riches are on earth, man, that's pretty good. Just think about it. If you had the greatest things on earth and you could live with that all the time right here, how much greater is what's going to be in earth? But you don't have to wait, I mean in heaven, but you don't have to wait until we die to go to heaven to start reaping the benefits of being in Christ. Amen. Jesus, Jesus promised you that you have overcome this world, not the next world. Okay? Jesus said, by his stripes, Jesus' stripes gave you the healing for this life, not next. Now, I've heard that one a lot. <laughs> by his stripes, you are healed. Why would he say that? For the next life. Come on, that wouldn't even make sense. No, it's this life, this time. Don't sit back and say that we'll get there. I'll get to the good times and when I get to heaven. No, it's for today and they're found in Christ when you. Amen? Now, number five. Why you are in Christ. And this one is very short and simple. 
But why you are in Christ is because God loved you so much. That's it. And you don't have to go any further than John 3.16 to find that out. It says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's fantastic. Listen, you can never do anything to gain more of God's love. Nothing. And, and what's really interesting is you can't do anything to lose God's love. No matter how bad you are, no matter what sin you've committed, none of that, God still loves you. Amen. Now that doesn't give you, excuse me, that doesn't give you free reign to go, oh, well, he loves me anyway. I'll just go live a sin-filled life and do whatever I want to do. No, that's not what, it's not what I'm saying, so don't go, don't go doing that. There are going to be consequences for every choice that you make, and you'll have to reap and deal with those. Amen. But we are in Christ because of love. Now, I threw in one last one. You know, because most people add how to the end of that. Mm -hmm. So you get a number six. How you are in Christ. And this is so very important. The reason I added this is because, and and I'll share a story here in a moment. But I've told this over and over and over. Let the confessions of your mouth speak the promises of who you are in Christ. What are you saying over yourself? What are you saying over your struggles and over your situations? Come on. Revelations twelve eleven says, We overcome the world, or, or the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and the word of our testimony. What are you speaking? And when I shared my story, I, I shared... Uh, we've had a, we had some, I went through some struggles and I had some good things. We had a couple of businesses and, and one, one situation, uh, uh, when 9-11 hit, we were about to lose our property and, uh, we were about to lose everything we had. They had cut my job in, in half. The salary was just about in half. And we were like every other American. We were living to the max of what we made. And when that happened, we were about to lose everything and God put a gentleman in our life and the man came to our house and he looked at the property and he literally sat right there and made one phone call to the bank, transferred the money over to pay the property off. Not only that, paid my suburban off, gave me the suburban, paid the property off and gave me the house back. And we kept the house and, and the, which led into another venture where we were starting a business, business and went to him and prayed. God led me back to him. He wrote a personal check for $50,000 and he said, here you go. And we did. But the whole story was, and all of that was, understand, was not for me to go buy a boat or to go buy some big house or something big fancy. All of that was to benefit what the will of God was for us. It was for us to go and do and to pursue the things that God was calling us to do. That's how it works. And so anyway, all that happened. But I heard somebody say this, and listen, I'm not making fun of you. You're in this room, and that's okay. Somebody said it jokingly. Jokingly, they made the comment. I overheard it. They said, well, man, I could never hear God. I could never see God doing that to me, for me. Listen, don't do that. Don't. We limit God or the power of God working in our life by the words we speak over our life, by the words that we speak. Because remember, your inward man is you. What's in you is what is, is eventually coming out. And if doubt and unbelief is in you, when you speak, Speak it, that's what's coming out. Don't allow that to come out. Don't do that. Faith and doubt and unbelief do not go together. You believe it, 
you believe it because the word of God says it, and you know that you know, and eventually, you, just, you may not see the answer immediately, but you don't waver. You don't give up. You keep going, and you keep believing. Because what are the options? What are the options? You have two options. Well, I can just give up and quit and go all over here and die, or I can just keep believing and keep pressing toward the mark and keep trying and keep waiting and keep being patient. Glory to God. Keep that can-do attitude and speak positively over your situations. Listen, don't worry about what people say about you. I had a friend of mine that he, he whenever he would feel the symptoms of a sickness coming on his body, he was quick to quote scripture over that. He was. He, and people made fun of him of that. But you know what? I can, I've known him for probably 14 years. I've never known him to go to the doctor. But immediately when he feels those symptoms, he's quick to quote those scriptures over his life. Oh, a sickness, you have no place in my body. I am, I am a child of God. Satan, I rebuke you now. And people made fun of them for that. But that's okay. He's walking in perfect health, and they're the one that's taking 15 prescriptions. Come on. You've you got to quit worrying about what people think. Remember who you are in Christ and be quick to quote and, and speak that over whatever has happened in your life. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe his word. You've got to believe what he says about you and who you are. Amen. Let the confessions of your mouth speak the promises of who you are in Christ. Amen. Jesus did his part and said in you in Christ by shedding his blood. He did. And all we have to do is our part by confessing his love, confessing his peace, confessing his joy, his goodness, his power, his authority, all of that which he has a given to us who abide in him. So I want to encourage you today. Learn to speak to the mountains in your life. Speak, declare the promises of God over your problems. All right? And exalt goodness when you receive the victory. That's that, that's that time of praise that when you come in here. Listen, you may be going through something that looks like your world is falling apart. But you take that when it comes time to praise God, you worship him for where he, what he's done in your life. And you praise him by faith for the answer before it comes. All right, what you're doing is you're praising him. Say, Father, I know that I'm in this struggle. I know that I'm on this bumpy road, but I know you got my back and I know you're going to see me through it because your word says that I'm your child. Your word says that you will provide. Your word says that whatever you've called me to do, whatever you guided me to do, you will provide for me. You will give me the provision. And you just sit there and you exalt him and you thank him for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he hasn't done yet. Amen. You gotta you gotta do that. It will change your life. It really will. If you would learn to look, see, we've got we've got it all backwards in the world. We look at church as a, a one, maybe two time a week ordeal, and then work is what we do on our own. You know, but we need to learn to view your life as your ministry, your job as your ministry. And when you learn to do that, it changes your whole outlook on life itself. When you learn to be, because see, when you're in your ministry, when you come to church, you want to be the best example you can be. All right? Well, now, when you choose to cut that separate and you're over here doing in your business or in your work, well, you're not quite as holy when you're over there as when you're in church, right? Well, no, you need to view it all as your ministry. That's where you're setting the example, setting yourself apart, de- declaring that you're going to be bold and you're going to be different. Amen. Glory to God. The best way to renew your mind 
and experience the inner transformation is by knowing, thinking, and speaking out loud who you are in Christ. Amen. Get a hold of who you are in Christ. Get a hold of it. It will change your life. And it's one of the main keys to you walking into the perfect plan that God has for you. And what is it I always tell you? He has something special for you to do. I don't care where, where you've been, what you've been through, what you're going through. God has something for you to do. Everybody. You may feel like your world's falling completely apart right now. At that time, you need to press in harder. You need to, you need to learn to, to quote this scripture over your situation. I will not back down. Satan, you will not defeat me. You will not defeat my life. You will not defeat my family. You will walk in victory. And you keep quoting that. And you keep praying to your heavenly Father until the victory comes. Amen. You've got to stay encouraged. It's so, just like Laurel said, with all the negativity that we're bombarded with daily, you have to learn to keep yourself encouraged. Because it don't take long. You turn the TV on. You turn the news on for five minutes. My gosh, you think the world's coming to an end. But listen, we, have, we, we serve a sovereign God. He's in control. He's in control. And remember, Satan only wants, to see, wants you to see the negative side. He only wants you to feel like the world's falling apart. All right? He doesn't want you to see the positive things. He only, because see, if as long as you keep feeding on that, you're just, you're, you're, the wind's falling out of your sails and you're just sinking, sinking, sinking and he's just smiling, smiling, smiling. Amen? So don't feed on that negative thing. And glory to God. All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for every person here that came, Father, and I pray that they came expecting and I pray that, you, I pray that they came ready to hear from you and I pray that you had a word for them and I pray that they had open hearts and open ears to hear. And Father, I pray especially for anybody that is struggling with just a, a, a really, really hard battle. And, and, and a lot of us are facing some of those now. I get the phone calls, I get the taps on the shoulders, and that's okay. But Father, I hope that the people today will get a revelation of who you say they are and understand that they are an overcomer. They have been given the authority to walk this out. That doesn't mean it's not going to be hard for a couple of days. But I pray that they understand that they will be victorious and that you will be with them. You will be right by their side. You'll be there to encourage them if they lean in on you. Don't allow them to stray back, stray away and lean in on the society, to lean in on the worldly ways. I encourage them to lean in on you. Press in on you, Father. Press in and allow you to come in to their situation. And Father, I pray that anybody that is struggling with situations in their life, probably everybody in the room, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will come in and will give them the peace, joy, and wisdom to walk this out and the boldness and the confidence to know that you're right there with them. You've got their back. And your word clearly says that you will work everything for their good. And Father, I pray that that encourages each and every person here today. And Father, before I close, I want to do it. I want to say a quick prayer. If there's anybody in the room that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, 
No big deal here if that's you. I want to ask that you just raise one hand. I'm not going to call you down front, but I do want to pray with you after service. I don't want to leave a. I don't want to. I don't want to take miss an opportunity to share the gospel. I love sharing the gospel. Oh man, there's no drug, no drug any better than the than the adrenaline that comes from knowing that you're sharing eternal life. Glory to God. If that's 